Welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Gavin DeStasi, and on today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about an old concept we used to call the three-legged stool. When Jared and I first started out in the financial services industry many years ago, there was a concept that was still widely espoused by planners and advisors out there. That concept was called the three-legged stool, and in those days, you would hear about it in industry conferences and in advisors' literature fairly often. When I say literature, because... That was before the days of social media, and maybe I'm dating myself here, but it's true, so advisors use things like newsletters, radio shows, and personal appearances or educational forums to get their messages out. That probably sounds a little tedious to the younger listeners out there, but that's what we had. And so in those days, you would often hear references to the three-legged stool in those forums. It was a basic tenet of retirement planning that you could likely also hear about when interviewing a financial advisor or planning professional, which has all but disappeared from the landscape. So what is the three-legged stool and why has it gone? The three-legged stool refers to what for many years were the three pillars of retirement planning, or more simply, the three income sources available to most retirees once they stopped working. Your company pension, social security, and your personal savings. And as many of you have already guessed, the reason this concept is rarely talked about these days is because two of those pillars are in serious doubt these days. You see, The idea in the past was that if you had all three of these legs in place, you were most likely prepared for retirement, since a stool with three legs is generally pretty stable. Clever, right? And the biggest variable was the amount of personal savings you were able to amass before retiring. So those who could maximize their personal savings would be in really good shape. But even those who didn't would at least be able to get through, most likely, as long as they had saved something. But as you may have guessed, things changed along the way, and now the entire concept is largely ignored. So what happened? Well, let's start with the company pension. I suspect many of you are probably like, what's a company pension? And that basically says everything you need to know. The defined benefit pension is largely thought of as a thing of the past, unless you are lucky enough to work in one of the very few industries which still offer them to workers. The way it used to go is that you worked for a company your whole life and made mandatory contributions along the way. Sometimes the company would make contributions on your behalf as well, and in some really fortuitous situations, the company would make all of the contributions on your behalf, and you wouldn't actually need to contribute anything yourself. The company or a professional trustee would manage the funds in the pension plan, and when it came time for retirement, you were awarded a defined benefit, either as a lump sum or more often as an income stream for life. The amount of that benefit could be based on your average or highest salary, your years of service, the amount of contributions made, or usually some combination of those factors expressed as a formula at retirement. The key is that for most workers, when you retired, you likely had an income stream intended to supplement your social security to help replace the income you were no longer bringing in from your job. And in many cases, the pension could provide as much as 50 to 75% of your pre-retirement income for life. Well, somewhere along the way, the defined contribution plan was born. Most of us think of the defined contribution plan as the modern day 401k, but the original architects of the 401k never really intended it as a replacement for the classic pension plan. They intended it as a supplement to the pension plan, a way for workers to save even more in a tax advantaged way in order to put themselves in better position to retire. But companies jumped on the new plans, recognizing that they were significantly cheaper to run for the companies themselves. 
They also realized that by turning to the defined contribution model, they were able to shift the risk of investing in the markets from them and on to the workers in the plans. The percentage of workers in traditional pension plans continues to drop, while those in defined contribution plans, like a 401k, continue to go up. And because workers are generally able to determine for themselves how much, if anything, to contribute to those plans, it's harder and harder to differentiate them from the personal savings leg. So in effect, there goes one leg of the stool altogether. Now next we have Social Security, and I realize this is a hot button issue these days, and maybe has been since its inception. Politicians make promises about not touching it and then make proposals to cut the program or reform it, as they like to say. And it's beyond the scope of this forum to get into all of that, but I will say this. Some people have taken to calling Medicare and Social Security entitlements, which is a phrase that I personally take issue with. And the reason is that the money to fund these programs literally comes directly out of yours and my paychecks. I find it extremely difficult to understand how something I'm being forced to pay for, which comes directly out of my paycheck before I even see it, can be characterized as an entitlement. But I digress. The bottom line is that by most estimates, Social Security has a funding problem going forward. People are living longer, demographics are working against it, growth projections may have been too optimistic, and administrations may or may not have rated the program over the years for various projects, depending on your belief or understanding of federal budgeting. One way or the other, if some reform actions aren't taken sometime soon, the program will run out of money. The most likely outcome will be either an increase in the age at which benefits begin, an increase to the cap on contributions, a reduction in benefits, lowering of cost of living increases, or some combination of those. The end result? Maybe not the end of Social Security altogether, but probably less Social Security in some form or another. So let's call that half a leg gone from the stool. As you can see, we're down to about a leg and a half of the three-legged stool, which helps explain why you don't hear about it all that much these days. I don't know if you've ever tried to sit on a stool with only one and a half legs. I haven't, but I'm not planning to try anytime soon. And I, like most other planners out there, know that our clients are way too smart to not see the flaw in this concept these days. So it's probably the end of days for the three-legged stool, at least. If you're lucky enough to live long enough, you'll see so many things phased out of the popular lexicon, and I won't shed a tear for the three-legged stool, but I do think it's informative. And what's the message? Save, save, and save some more. Because while you will likely get something out of Social Security, and if you're one of the lucky ones who still have a pension plan, good on you, but for most of us, it will be up to us to save the amount of money we'll need to get through what we all hope will be a long and fulfilling retirement. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. This program should not be construed as financial, legal, or estate planning advice. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital and seek advice from a licensed professional. Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. 
No advice may be rendered by Topel and Dastasi Wealth Management, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.